0: Bro.
1: Hi, this is Justin Roberts and you are listening to Three Count Thursday.
0: Hope you enjoy. A little bit of the bubbly. I did it for the rock. Give me what I want. Everyone has a price. For a Million Dollar Man!
1: <laughs> it's about the 14 years it took me to go from undesirable to
0: un-goddamn-deniable! Mama Mia! Three ain't enough now, I need five. Welcome in Jim, Ryan, Matt, Tim... An intern, Mark.
1: I think they got the answers.
0: I change the questions. All right, I think we are live. Here we go. Here we go. It is the the great debate. Of twenty twenty. This is something that is uh that is a long time coming. And uh we are glad to finally bring it to you here on a uh on a Saturday night. This is a little different for me. I'm used to only going live on uh on Thursday nights, but nonetheless here we are, big Jim of three count Thursday, and on the other side it is the mad scientist of sports, Nick Ficcarelli. Now uh n- Nick, when we um when we started talking about this, you and I, you and I go way back because six years ago, three count Thursday first started. Um, I was doing like the sports podcast thing. And, uh, this random guy from New Jersey, uh, decides to give me a shot and, uh, and put me on the, uh, the sports Chronicles radio network. And that, uh, was you and some other people. Um, since then we we've gone different ways. We we we've, met up at different times, and uh, and here we are back again. So, Nick, uh, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to our audience, give people a little bit of background of exactly who and what the Mad Scientist of sports actually is.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Nick Ficarelli. I am the Mad Scientist of sports. I used to have a podcast called the Mad Scientist Sports Lab – Put it on ice about 18 to 24 months ago. Lately, I've been getting the itch to come on back. But instead on radio, you get to see this pretty mug on video here on Zoom. Now, my background is this. Back in 2012, I started a radio network on Blog Talk Radio called um, uh, called uh, TSC, the Sports Chronicles Radio Network, and uh, had a lot of shows throughout the years, and about... 2014, 2015. I listened to a podcast called Big Jim Sports and had no idea who the guy was. And but knowledgeable, great voice, great everything. Reached out to him and brought him in. And uh, what do you call? It? Since then, we've been pretty good friends. Not only over the radio, but you know through social media and stuff like that. Shockingly, to say this. This is the first time in six years that we're actually seeing face-to-face, although it's not like literally face-to-face. Right, we're right, seeing right. each other's faces on radio, on, uh, on, here on Zoom. And uh, one thing that me and Jim have a lot in common is wrestling. Yes. Now, I'm going to give away my age for a little bit. I've been following wrestling since Bruno San Martino's second title reign, in the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. So I go way back.
0: I'll say, what exactly is the year on that?
1: 1976.
0: <laughs> so I was born in 1985. Let's just put that into perspective as well. <laughs> well, I what do you call I was about five years
1: old, and I used to actually stay, you know, it was around 5 p.m. on Channel 9 when it was known as WOR, and there was Championship Wrestling. And it was, you know, at the old mid-county Civic Coliseum arena, whatever it was, where WWF used to tape their episodes and stuff like that. And I got hooked. And then when they moved it to midnight on Channel 9, you know, I would stay up Saturday nights from midnight to 1 and go ahead and watch that. And then, you know, the wrestling scene started to explode after Hulk Hogan in 1983. And I remember I was at Regina Potts' school for WrestleMania's 1, 2, and 3 on the closed circuit TV before pay-per-view was a thing. There you go. And then, of course, I did some chicinerie with my cable box when we started. So we had a little flick switch in the back so we can get some pay-per-views and stuff like that. And I used to, when WrestleMania used to come around, you know, used to watch that. Then all of a sudden, I got hooked on TBS and the old NWA to WCW, Clash of the Champions, Starcade, you name it. And uh, it wasn't until recently, about a few years ago, I started getting hooked on the indie scene, Gang okay. of Honor. Uh, I started getting hooked on New Japan, Noah. I mean, YouTube right now, I go back and watch some old matches and stuff like that. And now, of course, as everybody knows, I am one of the biggest AEW marks walking walking on this God's green earth. But I still do actually, shockingly enough, people might freak out when I say this. I still actually do have a slight affinity for WWE, if it weren't for one person Mm -hmm. right now. So, Jim. Jim. Why yeah. are we here? They <laughs> well, said that. They said that hell would have to freeze over. They said that dinosaurs would have to roam the earth again. <laughs> they said dogs and cats may have to live together. They said it would be mass hysteria, and yet here we are.
0: Well, the, the mass hysteria, maybe at least based on what everything that's going on in our in our current world. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 been a journey, and obviously, you know, I'm the uh, as you can see on my hat here, I'm the big. Uh, wwe mark although i do uh enjoy aew and i do enjoy uh, indie wrestling and stuff like that but um of course you know if, if you follow along our twitter page at three count thursday or our facebook page um i'm probably the most active uh, person out of the group on the social media and that is where <laughs> dick and i usually have uh have our fun have and uh and heads, and and we uh we get into it from time to time to time <laughs>
1: It's more like if we ever were to see each other in the street, it might be actually it might become a Texas death match for all yeah, exactly, of you them. Know.
0: Exactly. I mean, holy crap! Um, so you know, if you if you if you pay attention to our Facebook page, you have undoubtedly seen the uh, the feuds back and forth between uh, between Nick and I with some things. And if you following. In the live video tonight, um enjoy this. This is going to be some fun for us and again, I wouldn't the- exactly call it a feud, though I mean, we do have disagreements, sure, and I know
1: hell does freeze over when we agree with each other, <laughs> but in the end, you know in the end, it's you know in the end, Jim has his opinion, I have my opinion, I fly off the handle, he keeps a calm head. So this should be a lot of fun tonight.
0: <laughs> it should. And if you're following along in the live video, give it a share. We want to get uh, as many people in here viewing this as, uh, as we can and, and um, you know, and get people to interact with us and, and comment along with us um, as, uh, as we go here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, we, we've, we've Nick and I have been talking about doing this, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks as he's starting to get the itch to get back and talk about sports and wrestling and different things. And um as I've kind of come out of the uh, the cloud that has been hanging over the the world, because for a few weeks uh, after everything kind of went on lockdown, we didn't do a three count Thursday. But we're getting back into the flow, although social distance the via Zoom and, and things like that. So um, it's it's a it's a different situation for everybody. But we are, uh, you know, we're we're back and getting going. And and you know, Nick and I in on my page. Um, on the three-count page, on Nick's page, have, have gotten into discussions about different things relating to WrestleMania, the, the current state of, of companies doing live shows, and, and various other topics. So we thought, why not sit down like two mostly civilized adults and, and uh, let's, uh, let's kind of hash some of this stuff out and, and on a Saturday night, give people uh, some things to do. The NFL draft is over, so why not?
1: Yeah, and uh, when she says mostly civilized, Jim is the civilized one, not me.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, I here's the thing. I, I know, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt when uh, when I see Nick start to get cranked up a little bit. I know the right things to do to get him fired. See, look, I already got him to leave. It's amazing. Um,
1: well, don't forget, I got don't forget, I got three kids, and oh. it's almost their bedtime, and my daughter just actually came down to my station, which is my basement. And, uh, what do you call it? They had to take, they have to take their vitamins before bed. Luckily for me, I laid it all out prior to, prior to coming down here. So this way she could just get it and uh, give it and give it out. My daughter can, uh, can give it out. So, <laughs>
0: um, but when, when Nick starts to get fired up, I know the right things to do to keep him going. I'll say, I'll put it that way to, to, to keep the, uh, you know, when, when you have the hot coals in the fire, you got to find a way to keep fire burning. And that's certainly what I do. So, um, I think probably the best place to start, Nick, and and we did we kind of uh, spitballed a few ideas of, of of some of the topics we were going to talk about, you know, and I think it kind of comes down to we're not necessarily going to talk specifically about WrestleMania, but companies continuing to operate and do shows uh, right now. Obviously, WWE's kind of been all over the place, you know. At one point, it was live shows with. Uh, old highlights of Royal Rumbles or WrestleMania matches or things like that. And then it became um, a series of tapings leading up to WrestleMania. Obviously, the taped WrestleMania, which there was varying um, uh, opinions about, but by all accounts, seemed to be a pretty good success. The, the set remained closed. Uh, to, to the best of my knowledge, the majority of the results didn't leak out. There was some things that leaked out in terms of people who were there who weren't there who may have uh, not made the card because of potential illness or things like that but match results I think stayed on lockdown Um, and then coming out of Wrestlemania it became WWE was going back to live shows and they were going to operate completely live shows and now they're back to doing a series of tapings I think that began this weekend um, that are going to get them through at least the next few weeks so um, AEW of course they did um, I think it was a month's worth of tapings At QT Marshall's place in Georgia um, I think uh, Impact Wrestling does what Some live, some taped, right?
1: They do tape They, uh, they do about four weeks okay. uh, Over They do four weeks over like two days They send everybody home Then when the fourth week of taping For those taped shows Is about to hit, they go back for another Round of tapings, okay. do it in a day And send everybody home Okay. Now, what do you call, it? when you talk about the taped episodes with WWE and AEW, I'll be the first one to admit it. I don't like it. I really don't, because I understand people want to have some sort of normalcy or stuff like that. But you got to understand in the world that we're living in right now, what's not to say that any of these wrestlers are going to get what is pretty much now the most feared virus on the planet? Coronavirus. And the funny thing is, the funny thing is, you know, when WWE started to do it, when WWE started to do it, you know, I was like, why are they doing this? Why are they, you know, the wrestlers, some of the wrestlers, they really don't want to be there. You know, when some of the, you know, when some of the backstage hands supposedly want to say something, you know, say, they, they want to speak out, but they can't. And then it comes down to AEW, you know, everybody thinks that AEW should, it gets a pass because they're doing the same thing that WWE is doing. And I'll be the first one to admit it. I don't like it one bit because when they were doing it at QT Marshall's place, Georgia authorities were actually there wanted to shut them down. They said that they had a permit to do it. So Georgia authorities were making sure that they followed the strict protocols that were out there. And then, you know, once the tapings were over, That was it. Now we understand, you know, WWE is doing whatever they got to do. AEW is now going to do whatever they have to do. AEW said they're going to go live on May 6th, tape a few episodes. They're going to do Double or Nothing live. And then they're going to do taped episodes. WWE right now, they're mixing up the live and the taped episodes as well. I don't know. So
0: so is your your, – if I'm understanding, your biggest issue with it is is more – it's not necessarily that they're doing the shows. It's that – or, I mean, not, not necessarily the shows are taped or live or whatever. It's that it, it's happening, period, just based on safety for the performers.
1: See, not only safety for the performers, but you also got the camera hands. You also got, you know, the backstage help.
0: Everybody on the staff. Everybody. Pretty that's much. There at the Okay.
1: I mean, WWE, when they do their shows, there's nobody there. There's nobody – Around the, around the ringside area except the, announce, uh, except the announcers. AEW does it differently. They put the faces on one side. They took the, the heels on the other side. They're supposed to be six feet apart. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. You know, and you, can actually, you know, and you can actually see how close they are. So you have to wonder. You know, WWE does it out of the friendly confines of the performance center. AEW will now be running their shows out of Dally's place, which is owned by the Cons, right, right next to Jackson, right next to J- the Jacksonville Football Stadium. So I understand they're all taking the precautions necessary. The problem is, is all it takes is one slip up. Right. All it does is take is one slip up, and then after that, the next thing you know, you know, it could be completely shut down for a specific period of time, and we all know you know,
0: economically.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And and I I mean, here's the thing. I, I I totally understand that where you're coming from in in, in terms of the safety. And yeah, I mean, because you know what, what we know, you know, sitting here on April 25th, um, what we know about the, the virus is that, you know, you could be asymptomatic and have it. You could be, um, you know, you could be contagious before you're showing symptoms, things like that. So what says, you know, two superstars are in the ring working with each other tag team match in the ring working with each other somebody there is actually sick as the virus they're not showing symptoms two days after the tapings or after the live show um you know they pop a high fever or something like that and then all of a sudden you have to go back and go okay well you know x worked with y z a and b and there was this referee here and this camera guy was in the ring and well, they they wrestled over at the announce table, and very quickly, obviously, it can it can pinball and and spiral down through the uh, through the ranks. Um, so I, I am one. I'm actually in this. You know, I don't know how many times we're going to agree on anything during this uh, this broadcast, but that is one thing that I can I can absolutely agree with because you know it, it is obviously the great unknown. It is a it is a hidden monster that, that we don't know. We just don't know. Um, I have been on the side of keeping wrestling around, be it impact, be it WWE, be it AEW, what, whatever it's gotta be, get, you know, give me something like those two nights of WrestleMania, um, were the most normal I had felt at that point, um, in weeks when, when they aired. So, so I I've been on the side of, you know, continue to do the shows, take the precautions as you can. Um, like, for me, you know, for me personally, you know, I if, if you are friends with me on, on Facebook or on Twitter, um, you know that I'm very vocal about the fact that I, I think more people should be staying at home as much as possible. Like, it's not the time to reopen things. So, I, I in a way, like, I guess it's kind of somewhat of a conflict of interest that I present. But, um, you know, I, I look at the fact that, you know, and and I'm not comparing like pro wrestling of of any kind to news and news reporting or any, you know, uh, weather reporting, anything like that. But, but in a way I I can, I can understand. And even now as sports leagues are getting close to, to make their way back, we know the PGA tour is going to be starting back up in a couple of weeks. Uh, NASCAR is going to be starting back up in a couple of weeks, the NBA, the NHL, potentially, Um, you know, I understand the, need or the essential nature of of entertainment so that, that that's where that's where me personally I get a little torn because I I want you know I want wrestling to continue I want to be entertained I want to be given like the NFL draft these these last 3 days with the NFL draft was awesome because you know it 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 felt normal to be watching and talking and, and be excited about sports or football. Um, so that, that's, that's been like my point where I'm like, these things need to continue to happen. Um, you know, the, the, the live versus tape debate, I think taped is the better way to go because again, like in, in the impact model or the way it kind of appears right now, I guess the WWE is moving. Um, and and you know at least for the majority, and even with AEW, the majority of shows are going to be taped, so you can get those done. Close, you know, have the set contained as much as possible, and then you know, then you can kind of separate again until the next round.
1: Yeah, but the problem, see, the problem that I have with it though is, you know, when they do their live show on May six, they're saying they're saying that they're going to be bringing a lot more wrestlers in. And I'm like, are you sure you really want to do this? Is this something that really needs to be done? Now, in the case of WWE, you know, they bring in whatever they can in order for them to, you know, you know close up some storylines, begin new ones and all that stuff. Now, herein lies the issue. When WrestleMania was on for two nights, you know it's the granddaddy of them all 80, 90,000 people, sometimes hundred thousand people, hundred thousand people in the stands, the electricity of the crowd and stuff like that. You didn't have that, right? You did it in the performance center and you had to feel bad for Drew McIntyre. You had to feel bad for, you know, for other wrestlers, you know, for other wrestlers as well, because they didn't get a chance to get that pop that everybody needed. Now I told you, Last, you know, at least a month before they really need to postpone it, just postpone it until June or something like that. Work out something with Raymond James Stadium because Raymond James Stadium was not going to be used at all for anything until football season. Right. So I was saying, you know what? Move WrestleMania back. Keep the storylines going as much as you can possibly as much as you can possibly can. I mean, that's what they did with NXT because NXT, they lost their takeover. So they took their takeover matches, put it on NXT and spread it out amongst three weeks, which was awesome. Yeah. But when you're talking the biggest moneymaker that WWE can get, whether it be a live gate, pay-per-view, extra views on the network, whatever it may be, you lost all that. You, You really did. And granted, I watched. You know, I ended up watching both nights. I said I wasn't going to do it, but me being the geek that I am, I watched both nights. I thought it was solid. I thought the best things on the card were the Boneyard match and the Cena and the Cena Wyatt match. Funhouse, yeah. The Funhouse match; those two matches were absolutely awesome. I was like, "That's the way you do." You, you could do right. You, you know, if you wanted to do a full blown WrestleMania. Do it like that, because those were the two greatest things that I saw in the last couple of years by WWE. It pretty much reminded me of the final deletion with Matt and Jeff Hardy back in back in Impact a few yep. years ago. But then I started thinking, I'm like, was it really worth it? Was it really worth to lose all that live gate money? I mean, yeah, it gave everybody that sense of normalcy. But then you think about it. You know, Drew McIntyre, he beats Brock Lesnar, albeit it was a five-minute match. He beats Brock Lesnar, he celebrates to no one. Right. To no one. And then on top of that, you know, on top of that, then when the numbers came in, I actually thought the numbers would be astronomical because people would be excited that they're getting to watch two nights of WrestleMania like you know, Wrestle Kingdom back in January by, and by, by new Japan, the numbers were horrible. And I sat there and I'm like, you see what I mean? You didn't get the ratings that you wanted. You didn't. I would have rather waited until June or even July, you know, move WrestleMania. You could keep storylines going because I remember back in the day, storylines used to go six to nine months at a time. And they would find new and creative ways to keep the storylines going, but in this day and age, it's like, you know, we live. Jim, you got to be honest, though. We live in an age now where you have a storyline. Three weeks later, you know, it can stop on on the drop of a dime because if, because people
0: are like, you know, people are like, "What have you done for me l- lately?" Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know. It- I guess my my issue and and the reason why I was very pro um, keep WrestleMania uh, per the scheduled date or, you know, it ended up being the two nights was because the great unknown has been when are you going to be able to fill a football stadium full of people? As we can see now, June, not going to happen. July, probably not going to happen. August, let's be honest, probably not going to happen. Um, you know, so, so we just don't know. And, and if you, if you're going to keep delaying and pushing back, if you're going to go, all right, well, instead of summer slam this year, we're going to do WrestleMania as SummerSlam. We'll, we'll put it, we'll put it down to Raymond James SummerSlam. You'll get, you'll get your weekend in Boston, uh, next year, or, you know, you'll get, you'll get a, a, a big pay-per-view weekend, uh, le- you know, later in 2020 or in 2021, whatever, like, you know what? Then you go. So all right. So it's going to be WrestleMania is going to be the, the big bash of the summer. You get to you get to middle of June, end of June, beginning of July. Oh man, this thing is not uh, this thing's not cooperating the way we thought it was going to do. Okay, so let's uh, now let's move WrestleMania till maybe we can do it in Florida like Survivor Series weekend because Florida it's still fairly warm in November. Let, let's let's try that, and then like in the fall, let's just say that the, the the potential of uh we're we get that second wave coming in the fall that, that that we've now begun to hear about oh crap well now we can't do it we're not gonna we're not gonna screw with royal rumble weekend well do, do we just want to bump los angeles to 2022 and try tampa again in in 2021 um to me that's why i was i was pro let, let let's just keep it don't get me wrong man i i do i i feel i feel horrible i even i even said it this week when um Drew McIntyre was, was cutting his promo on raw this past Monday. And I'm like, this is just such a bummer. Like the dude finally gets like the opportunity he's, he's waited for it, and he's earned and he's, he's cutting, he's cutting these promos and he's doing a hell of a job. It's, it's nothing against Drew McIntyre because the guys, the guys incredible, but he's cutting these promos to it, to an empty in an empty building. His WrestleMania moment was standing in the, uh, you know, on the turnbuckle, in, in basically a warehouse like if anybody's worked in a warehouse before you know what that you know that ceiling and you know those walls yeah. like it, it's a bummer I'm not gonna pretend that this is um that, that, that this was that this was great um and, and, and yeah I mean in terms of numbers like I the the, the numbers thing it does kind of suck but in the same time like I, I do think to a degree re- wrestling, is what it is like it, it, when they when they show things on espn i know i had friends that hadn't watched wrestling in years that watched some of the wrestlemania uh replays on espn they did in the weeks prior but they didn't watch this year's wrestlemania um i know friends of mine that um like tuned into some of the empty building raw or smackdowns leading up to and they're like this is just so weird like they just thought it was like this is too weird i can't i can't do it i actually got my brother my brother used my uh, network login to to watch night two of WrestleMania because I forgot to remind him that it was two nights. Um, But, but he watched night two and he's like, text me. He's like, man, this is really weird. But like, in the same time he was, he was kind of like catching on and he's asking me questions about like, well, who's this person feuding with it? So he kind of got hooked in a little bit. So there there's kind of, there's kind of three schools of people, one that just can't get into the live uh, empty building thing, one that kind of rediscovered themselves and, and others that just will never, will never be into wrestling regardless of current situation. Um, but in, in the same time too, as, as weird as it was, how much of a bummer, like the, the WrestleMania, what we know as WrestleMania and like leading up to it, like I, I went back as I do every year and I watched old WrestleManias and I'm just like, man, this, this does, it sucks. It sucks that WrestleMania is going to be in a warehouse with small screens and no crowds and however they're, you know, however it's going to look, it, it's a bummer. But in the same time, I'm, I'm a person that's fascinated by um, like moments in time that, that are forever capsulized. Um, you know, like you go back to, to the, the, the days and weeks and months after nine 11 and how sports changed and how the country changed and how, how people changed. you know, even, even for a brief period of time. And you can look back at that whenever there's times of crisis now included and go, man, now versus then was, was so different. And, and you can look back over history when, when um, like when Kennedy was assassinated or the challenger um, the, the challenger tragedy and the different times. Where, and you can go, you know, these, these are kind of fascinating moments. And, and, you know, years from now, when, you know, WrestleMania 42 is happening in whatever stadium it's going to be in and I go back and I watch some of some older WrestleManias I'm going to look back at this one and go you know like wow this is like this this was just such a, a weird thing and you know this is this is something that our generation you know more the multiple generations that everybody that that was that was alive and really experiencing things right now you know this this was something we all went through together and it, it is you know in a weird way It's, I mean, it is historical, but it's, 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 it's a interesting moment of time as well.
1: It is, it is. And we're all going to look back on this and say, wow, just, just wow. I mean, that's really the the reaction I'll probably have after, you know, next year or two years from now when. WrestleMania 36 was done in an empty – was done in an empty building when you can possibly have WrestleMania 37 WrestleMania 38 in front of thousands or hundreds of thousands of, of fans. And, right. you know, I could say the same thing for AEW. I mean, you know that they're doing double or nothing in Dally's place in front of practically nobody And I'm going to look at that next year when they have it at the MGM Grand Arena and go, wow, what a difference a year a year makes. Yeah. Now. The one thing that I do like that AEW does, though, and I do like this they do put people in the stands to have a little bit of a voice and stuff like that. Granted, it's the wrestlers. Most of the times it's just people, you know, most of the times it's wrestlers that are just there, that are not on the card, but you can actually put them in the arena, you know, and cheer and boo and stuff like that. And they do it in such a way, as I stated earlier, heels on one side, faces on the other. And, you know, you hear the cheer, you know, the heels cheer for the heel, the faces chase for the face, you know, stuff like that. You know their in-ring announcer, which is usually Justin Roberts. It's either been Brandy Rhodes or Dasher Gonzalez. You know Tony Schiavone; he's been like the consummate pro, and he's you know, and he's had either Cody Rhodes or Chris Jericho, you know, as the color commentator, which both of them have been absolutely phenomenal. I mean,
0: Jericho's real good.
1: Jericho's Jericho will put you over and stab you in the back all in one sentence, (laughs) which is amazing. You know, Matt Hardy, because now he's in AEW, he's going to actually do one of his famous, you know, matches from his Hardy compound, whether it's against Jericho or Guevara, we don't know yet, but it's going to be, you know, cinematic, you know, which is exactly what Hardy does. You know, they do, you know, they're doing it the way they do it. WWE does what they, how they want to do it. But after last week, I lost a lot of respect for WWE. I, well, I, let me rephrase. I did not lose respect for WWE, but I did lose a tenfold respect for one man and one man only.
0: Yeah, let's. Uh, let let we'll, we'll transition to that. You know, because obviously, you know that that's. I think that's probably the, the biggest uh, point of of discussion that led us to uh, this broadcast. Uh, you and I is is. Um, you know, what went down last week with, um, you know, not only the, the XFL, you know, folding up um, and then the 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 cuts, both from a um, corporate standpoint in terms of shutting down the construction of the new um, the new headquarters for the WWE and then, you know, the layoffs on the uh, employee side, uh, the furloughs on some of the producer side. And, of course, the um, releases of uh. A, a, I don't re- remember the final count, but I think it was, it was like over 20, I believe uh, superstars. I mean, it was, it was a long list of uh, superstars that were let go um, from WWE and, and the NXT side. So, um, you know, and, and, and that one has obviously been something that, 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 got your ire and, and here's the thing, like I will, there's going to be things about it that I will defend. Um, but, but, the the unfortunate the, the unfortunate thing is people lost their jobs so i want people to understand that that it, 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 no matter what i might defend from a wwe standpoint on this i am not happy in any way shape or form that people lost their jobs that people lost their dreams i mean i know when the the video that drake maverick cut um you know, you know after that i mean it it's absolutely gutting um diana perrazzo is somebody that we have had on three count thursday numerous times we have called matches of hers at independent shows in our area we I mean we have met her um you know years before she was even on the radar uh probably not necessarily on the radar of WWE but long before she was in the WWE so um you know anytime that people lose their job anytime that people uh have their their dreams kind of cut out from under them because whether or not people like the WWE, hate the WWE, like Vince, hate Vince, or fall somewhere in between. Um, The people that were working there are people probably not much different than you and I, except for the fact that they're athletic. (laughs) Because, you know, I think we've all probably had that dream at some point in our life. You know, for me, it was, you know, I had a dream at four years old that I beat Bret Hart for the WWF title. And that's, that's like where I always wanted to be a wrestler and then, you know, I found cheeseburgers and Oreos. So here we are, uh, you know, so I, I do want to preface that is, is no matter how, or, or what I defend from a WWE standpoint in this um, anytime people lose their jobs, but especially now it sucks. And, it, and it's um, it is, it is no good. And, and obviously I hope that uh, the people, not just from WWE, of, of course, but uh, anybody that has had their uh, employment affected by what is happening in our world right now, um, you know, I, I, I hope that everybody um, is okay and, and, and can get any sort of help they might need or anything like that. So, um, you know, so yeah, let's 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 just hit it straight on, Nick. When the the hammer started to fall, um, you know, last week. Uh, when, with the WWE, when, when releases started happening and, and all of these things, these pieces started to fall into place. Um, I assume for you, it, it, you went zero to 100 <laughs> in, in terms of... Uh, more, like,
1: more like zero to 200, and I'll tell you why. It started for me when Vince decided to throw the XFL into bankruptcy. Now, the XFL, I thought, was having... A successful first year. I agree. You know, they were averaging about fifteen to twenty thousand fans, you know, per game, which is great. Some they in some instances they actually hit the thirty, forty thousand mark in certain stadiums. You know, people were getting behind it. You know, he brought in a brain trust like Oliver Luck, and you know, everything seemed to be going okay. Corona hit, they had to cancel the season. Okay, fine. You know, cancel the season and you can go to 2021. At least you know it was going to be successful. When I saw the filing that they went into bankruptcy, I was well, bankruptcy. What do you mean bankruptcy? Why would you go why, why would you go into the bankruptcy mode? He went into bankruptcy, fired all his executives, fired everybody, you know, that had an XFL job, you know, no severance, no nothing. And I sat there stunned. Stunned. I was like. Okay, the first time, the reason why you got rid of it, it was a fluke. It was a failure. It was a travesty. This time you had something good going, you know, put it in the back burner, you know, Alpha Entertainment, totally separate from WWE. And I'm thinking, you know, Vince has got Vince is a billionaire. He'll be able to carry it for another year if he's going to, you know. And no, he went that route so he can, like, just completely shut it down. And I was like, okay, I found it extremely strange. Then the next thing was, you know, the flip-flopping with we're going to go taped. No, we're going to go live. No, we're going to go taped. No, we're going to go live. It comes out that he has the television contracts that says they're only allowed up to a certain amount of tape shows per year. If they go past that amount, the probability of the networks, you know, on, in a clause in the contract that can open up renegotiations and lower the price. And we all know about Vince, Vince is all about money. He didn't want to lose the money. So he was like, no, we're going to do, we're going to go live. And I'm like, you can't go live. And then his wife forms a super PAC, you know, for Trump and all of a sudden they funnel millions of dollars to Florida. Most of that, to the Tampa region and the Orlando region. Governor Ron DeSantis comes out and says wrestling is an essential business. He specifically mentioned WWE. Didn't mention anything else, but he mentioned WWE. But by saying WWE is an essential business, you pretty much told all wrestling, come to Florida. You're an essential business. You're entertainment. You can do whatever you want. So pretty much you just bribe a governmental official to make your business essential so you can keep everything going. Now, I don't know, none of the pundits know whether Vincent and the Networks had a confab or something like that saying, you know, maybe we can do both live and tape. We're in a situation right now that, you know, it's pretty much impossible to do anything live at this point in time. We can do tape stuff, but, you know, I don't want to danger my employees. But then after that, you start thinking, it's like, wait, it's Vincent McMahon. Does he really give a crap about his employees? Fast forward to Wednesday. No, apparently not. Now you're talking about a company that has a 500,000, 500 million, excuse me, $500 million cash reserve, half a billion dollars cash reserve. You're still making money hand over fist in merchandise. You're still getting money from the networks. And yet all of a sudden he makes a full, you know, he has this conference call with everybody, talent, production employees last all of a minute and 30 seconds and pretty much says we're going to be making cuts about 40 is the last time I saw 40 wrestlers were fired. Now, some of them, yeah, I could see why they were never used, but some of them, I was like, they would just came out of some major storylines, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows. Yeah. That one came as a surprise. Drake Maverick, you know, Drake Maverick. You signed Maria Marcanell's who wanted a release to a five year contract making money hands over fist and you end up releasing them anyway. You know, you lost the revival, probably the best tag team you had in the last five years. You, what do you call, you law, you know, EC3, another guy, you threw money hand over fist, but you never used them because you disliked them so much that you just threw them away. You're like, yeah, you can make money. You just sit on the sidelines. We'll use you. We'll use you when we use you, you know? And then there were other wrestlers that, you know, Rowan, he was supposed to be, he was getting a big push. Who can forget the friggin' spider thingy that he had, you know, obviously that, that, that was the dud. He was also with Daniel Bryan, you know, Sarah Logan, you know, you were starting to push her. Out. It's all these people that started getting a push on TV. All of a sudden, they get thrown to the, you know, they're thrown out. You mentioned Diana Peraza, probably one of the best female wrestlers in the world. She months ago said she wasn't happy because she's not being used. And when she was used, she jobbed out. Let's face it. She jobbed out. You know, Tynara, she she pretty much quit. You know, she ended up getting released anyway. She made up that T-shirt that said released, which actually was a pretty good seller for WWE. You know, all this. And in the end, monthly, putting all the money together, they saved $700,000. It came out on Friday that WWE had unpaid dividend checks because those dividends were just sitting there. So it would go back to WWE that came out to almost $6 million, 6 million. That could have paid these wrestlers that you fired, really release, they released pretty much fired for at least another six to seven months. The guy has, he could poop out cash whenever he wants. And then and then this is the one that gets me the most. I'm going to backtrack to the XFL for a second. I work for a law firm. That's my day job. I work for a law firm. And I come across these filings. So I opened up the petition that the, that the XFL filing. And what did I see? That my jaw literally went like this. WWE owned 25% Of class B stock in XFL. Wait a minute. Hold the phone. Didn't Vince say that WWE had nothing to do with the XFL? Hence the reason why he formed Alpha Entertainment. Hence the reason why he sold some of his stocks so he can fund Alpha Entertainment. So he can form the XFL again. Had the big hullabaloo last year, when he, two years ago, when he made the announcement and all that. And now you see that WWE owned 25% class B stocks. He lied out of his ass again. And then came the topper for me, the investor call. I swear they asked him so much, you know, they gave, you know, when you ask Vince a question, if you don't like it, he'll cut you down in five seconds. It's a very brusque, short answer. And yet the thing that boggles my mind in all this, and this is what gets me really pissed off, is after all these cuts, after the XFL bankruptcy, after everything, somehow WWE stock went up. Somehow the investors were, were like, "Okay, he's doing the right thing." Yet, and I sit here and I'm like, "What am I? What is it that I'm missing?" I mean, the guy is probably what do you call it? the guy? You know, he's a megalomaniac. He, what do you call? It's like, what do you call? People from his front office were telling him, why are you signing every single talent that you could possibly can to five-year deals when you're going to have no use for them? Because I don't want them to go to the competition. And what do you call it? Yet in the end, they end up getting released. They're probably going to be sitting on their ass for at least 90 days. NXT. They will be, be, yeah. Yeah, because there's that 90-day release clause and stuff like that. You know, but these, you know, you sign these guys, you know, you sign, you you sign these guys to these five-year deals and stuff like that. You know, they're like, oh, I'm going to sign this deal and I know I'm going to be used and yet they're not used. They're not happy. They beg for releases. Vince is like, no, you're not getting released. I own you. Yet you're supposed to be an independent contractor. I mean, come
0: on. I mean, mean, the way I look at it is, and I've said it whenever they, they re-sign somebody or they sign somebody is it's smart business. Um, you know, if you have a competitor and you don't want X or Y or Z to work for a competitor, um, you find a way to keep them under your hat. And, and that's what Vince has done. Um, you know, and I think the reason why the, uh, You know, they, they come out on the other side of everything that happened over the last, you know, 10 to 14 days with the, with the stock still going up. And I didn't, I didn't check it, uh, since last Thursday with, uh, with three count Thursday, but the, the reason that they come out on the other side is because when you're talking about business and when you're talking about money and, and, and I don't, here's the thing, I'm no financial expert. I'm no legal expert, um, so obviously, I I've, I come at everything, and any and anybody who's been a fan of or, or a listener of our show for the last six years um, knows that you know my takes are are, are fan based takes. I'm never I never pretend to um, be more of an expert than I am. I'm not one of these uh, I'm not one of these guys from any sort of the 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 you know the hack news sites, the ones with the N-E-W-Z. That uh, that that we regularly talk about on Three Count Thursday, that think we're smarter in the business than we are. I have opinions. I I come from my perspective. Um, so basically, like, you're not Brad Shepard. Right, right, right. I didn't. I don't like to put names on it, but sure, Brad Shepard. Um, so, you know, when when it when it when it came out, when when all the things started, I was like, oh, you know. And again, a lot of these ones that that were released are ones that they probably shouldn't have re-signed. Or should have been released months ago. Maybe when they asked, maybe they didn't. But you know, the, the Gallows and Anderson surprised me. Rusev surprised me. Um, there, there were a few others, but but in the same time, from a from a business side, in my opinion, keeping people under contract that you know are going to be go and be successful somewhere it, it is somewhat of a smart business practice when uh, things are normal and when you're making you know. Live event revenue, ticket revenue, things like that. I mean, and, and again, I'm I, I, I know that you know the like the obvious the, the reports and things of the of the um, you know five hundred million you know in cash. I, I don't know. Again, from a from a fan perspective, I don't exactly know how all of that stuff works. Like, is, is it literally like you know? Oh, the I can go day.
1: basically the five hundred million dollar cash reserve. It's like a rainy day fund. Because if something catastrophic were to happen to WWE, they have at least five hundred million dollars in reserves which they can tap into. Okay. Okay. That's that's basically what a what what a reserve what a reserve would be. Another thing is what do you call it? another thing is? I know we're both fans. We are. We're both fans. I don't profess to know anything and everything about wrestling because. I'm not Dave Meltzer. I'm not Sean Rossap. I'm not PW Insider. I'm not the guys from Wrestle Talk. I'm not the guys from Cultaholic, and I'm not the guys from What What Culture. I'm a fan, but when you sit back for the last couple of years and you see what goes on on TV and you see the products going like this, sometimes the products go back up. Sometimes they'll have some really good cards, some really good shows, really good pay-per-views. But what do you call When you hear the stories of everything has to pass through one guy and he rips up a script that was worked on and worked on and worked on, I don't like it. Rip it all up. And you hear the, you hear the horror stories like the show wasn't written until at least an hour before bell time or an hour before it was supposed to go live and stuff like that. He's a megalomaniac. He really is. That's I mean, what it comes down
0: to. I mean, to be fair, most billionaires are.
1: <laughs> yeah, but when it comes down to it, he's got really, he does have really you got Paul Heyman, you got Bruce Chippard, excuse me, Bruce Pritchard, you got Triple H, you know, Paul Levesque, mm-hmm. you got, you know, and you got really good writers. I mean, the guy, the woman writer, I don't remember the name off the top of my head, but the writer of the Otis Mandy story was one of the layoffs. And I sat back. I was like, that was one of the most fun storylines WWE has come up with in quite some time. I mean, I remember sitting, watching SmackDown, just waiting for the date on Valentine's Day. And I swear, I almost wanted to throw something at the TV when I saw Dolph Effing Ziggler (laughs) and not, you know, and the look on Otis's face, I was like, that was the payoff? No, that couldn't have been the payoff. Why? Why Dolph Ziggler? Why? And that, but, you know, that did the job. It made everybody so mad, like me. (laughs) I'll be posted a minute. In which then, It took me a day or two to finally calm down about it and go, storyline. Storyline's got to progress. Sure enough, the storyline progressed to Elimination Traver. It continued until WrestleMania. It's still going on. Yeah. This is the type of storyline, though, that I was talking about that you could, you know, that that I was talking about. Stuff that works. It wasn't Rusev Lashley, probably one of the worst storylines that I've seen WWE ever put together, hence the reason why Rusev didn't even want to go on TV anymore because he was being wasted. This is a guy that was so over, so over. Rusev Day was probably one of the most biggest brainchilds that a wrestler had, and that a writer had, and they threw it all away. There was a chance there for Rusev to become world champion, and people would have... Bought it from that for, for, to, for Kingdom Come, and they threw that away. They actually ran with Lana, no talent, annoying. You know what do you call it? in this day and age? You can consider her a perfect heel, but so but so annoying. And then you bring Lashley, who's been a major disappointment. She, she stepped away from Impact and back into WWE. You know, put that together. I mean, they used Liv Morgan, and it was a storyline that they dropped quickly because they're going to make it a Liv Morgan Lana, you know, HLA, you know, HLA storyline that pretty much went went
0: like that. Forgetting that it's 2020,
1: (laughs) exactly. I mean, there's some, you know, there have been a lot more misses than hits in the last, you know, in the last few years. They really have. Now, the one thing that I will say, though. That makes me want to gag when I say it. When you watch the shows without the empty arena, the promos are that much better. Yeah, they are. The wrestling is actually that much better because... It has to be. No, one, it has to be. And two, you don't have the stupid marks that sit in the stands that paid their money. Go, what? What? Or like... They pretty much, you know, hijack, you know, hijack, you know, a uh, a promo, or they hijack a match.
0: Right. There's no beach balls. There's no waves. There's no, yeah. There's no what's. There's no, you know, and and yeah. The the promos, by and large, have been fantastic. The the in ring work and, and and you know it's it's been. It, I think the TV itself has been uh, mostly compelling because again, they know that that you you have to be. Yeah. Um, but but getting getting back to the you know the, the 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 releases and things like that um you know it it was it was a really kind of weird juxtaposition for me because again you don't want to see people lose their job especially in the climate that, that we're in right now with um you know however long this is going to end when are they going to be able to sign somewhere else you know and, and in terms of you know you know gallows and anderson they're almost ear pegged to go back to japan Um, which is probably what they want. I I don't, you know, New Japan, you know, they've obviously been in a similar boat. They've had to been canceling shows. And I know they're still paying talent and and whatnot. Um, But like, you know, you don't know when they're going to wrestle again. You don't know how much talent AEW is going to bring in because they're in, again, a similar boat. But for me, the way I I tried to kind of look at the whole thing, and and again, from a fan perspective and, and not really totally understanding how, Businesses, especially of, of one of the, this size and magnitude works, is um, the longer that the the inability to do shows in front of a live audience. So your ticket revenues for Raw, ticket revenues for SmackDown, ticket revenues for pay-per-views, uh, ticket for uh, NXT, and then, then your live shows, your NXT live shows. I mean, I've gone to numerous shows, uh, NXT shows at the, uh, the casino in, in Bethlehem, PA um at the event center there and it's a great time. Um you know you're you're not getting the, the the house show uh revenue which is even though you you know you get a lot of adults that buy merchandise in the wwe shop.com because uh you know that the t-shirt they're selling at the live show for $35 is probably buy one get one for a dollar today on wwe shop.com. However, I have gone to to Monday night raws, smackdowns and I have watched a father with two or three kids, literally just with wads of money in their pocket, just handing it over because, you know, the kid needs not just the John Cena t-shirt, the hat, the wristbands, the, you know, the necklace, you know, you can't just get a Roman Reigns t-shirt. You need the little thing for, you know, for the, the for his hand, you need the wristbands, you need this, you need that. So the, the merchandise revenue, although they're, they're obviously still making money, like I've seen fans uh, on Twitter and stuff that with their uh, stimulus money are buying replica belts like they started a thing where now you can do like a like a credit account um, through like through a company where you can buy now and pay later smart smart business practice, given the what was the situation. so they're still making money on merchandise. I would love to see and we'll see it you know in the next quarterly report and so on the the shakedown of of the effect that no live shows is even having on merchandise revenue. So the way I kind of like tried to, to justify it in a way, again, people losing their jobs sucks, but like the longer this goes on, the company is losing money. So that 500 million, that's that's that rainy day fund. Um, at, at some point, you're probably going to dig into that. So with, with certain talents, if they want out, yeah, maybe this is the time to cut them loose, right, wrong, or indifferent. And there's always, there's going to be people that will always defend it. There'll be people that will always hate it. And there's, there's going to be people who can find some sort of middle ground. Um, You know, and then there's obviously others. If people who have been signed to five-year deals, big money deals like Gallows and Anderson, again, which still boggles my mind because now, I mean, AJ Styles can stand on his own. I'm not going to try and pretend that he can't, but like, we've gotten very accustomed to the OC. Now it's AJ Styles. The, the, the club's gone. The, 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 the um Boneyard match is is probably going to be one of, when, when we get to the end of 2020 and, and people look back and, and, and rate their matches of the year, I would be hard pressed to find a lot of people who won't have the Boneyard match mentioned somewhere in a top 10 because of the, it to me it would be top five
1: yeah. that, that's me. That, right here, now
0: right now you could probably pretty much say it's top five sitting here um, right now it's my number one and i will tell you that wholeheartedly
1: well um, right now for me it's like if right now for me it's number one You're what do you call it? i'm just waiting for the for the matt hardy match
0: <laughs> sure and and that's the thing and, and and this year's top 10 matches or top five matches or however people do it at the end of the year is going to look very different because we're going to have probably at least and this is the, the the most optimistic way to look at it at least half a year of matches in front of an empty building or the boys at the at ringside. So it the, the, the this, this year's top matches is going to be a very different look and feel than um than, than any year before.
1: Now one thing that you brought up is you know what the numbers for the next quarter are going to be. Now yeah, see the thing is I understand the lost revenue for live gates and stuff like that. That's huge. Obviously, that's huge. The problem that I have, though, is they're still getting money from Fox. They're still getting money from Comcast, which owns USA. And they're getting money. And you know how much I love this one. They're still getting money from the Saudi Arabian government because you know for a fact there's going to be another card this year in which Saudi Arabia is going to give them anywhere between 50 and 100 million dollars
0: for well, that, did, that. I card. think they, they did address that where they may not be able to get back to Saudi Arabia this oh, year. Oh, no, they're already
1: looking at November and December. I mean, well, so they're, they,
0: they're looking okay. at it. Uh, and, Saudi and
1: Arabia I would... is hell bent on having. Oh, having it at in Jeddah where they had the first Saudi Arabian card and had about like 50, 60,000 people there. So it's, you know, so now if you're looking at November, December, I give it a very, very good chance of it happening because I think by then travel restrictions will be lifted and I could see Saudi Arabia filling up a stadium. The problem is that you already know you're not going to have Daniel Bryan. You already know you're not going to have John Cena. You still don't know whether or not you're going to have Roman Reigns, and that's another one. That's another one.
0: I, I would I would venture a guess that you're not going to see Roman Reigns, um, in the WWE. My guess would be 2021, like this time next year, at, at yeah. the earliest.
1: No, I'm going to say the beginning of 2021. What bothers is. is what bothers me about the Roman Reigns thing is that now WWE has pretty much issued an edict and saying you can't mention Roman Reigns's name from
0: no, now. I, on. I don't think that's. Uh,
1: I mean, it what do you call it? it? Really isn't like that big of a deal. But if you're a Roman Reigns fan, and he does have fans. I mean, let's face
0: it. Obviously, I mean, he's arguably the person with the most fans in the exactly. WWE.
1: What do you call? No matter how much people hate him because they think they handled everything on a silver platter, you watch a Roman Reigns match, it's actually an entertaining match. It yeah, really is. I mean, he actually made Baron Corbin look halfway decent.
0: He, he is a great WWE superstar.
1: Exactly. And the reason why they told him not to mention him is he's not going to be on TV for quite a long time. And I get it. No problem. But, you know... If you want to make slight references, like back-end references, let him do it. You don't have to mention the name. You don't have to mention his name physically. But you could say, you know, someone could say, well, I guess this is my yard now. Or something, you know, something that, you know, makes the reference without naming him. They pretty much put, like, it's pretty much taboo now to mention anything.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can see both sides of that, though, because, um, you know, at, at no point in the in the lead up to WrestleMania and um, at the start of both nights of WrestleMania when Stephanie McMahon addressed the, the fans, at no point did they use the words pandemic, at no point did they use the words coronavirus, COVID-19, anything like that, because what they are trying to do, and, and again, whether people agree with it or not, they are trying to provide a distraction. So if you begin to mention Roman Reigns, address Roman Reigns, at some point along the line, you may have to address why he's not there. Um, because he didn't get hurt, uh, you know, in, in any sort of the buildup to what would have been the match with Goldberg. Um, so at, at no point did, did he get injured so and and I don't think, based on the reason why and and I have said from the very beginning, anybody that that doesn't feel safe if, if they if they choose to take time off, but especially Roman reigns- given his health history, and now we know his wife is pregnant, one hundred percent yeah um you know we we know you know that it really would not have been extra unsafe for him to be there Absolutely. Um, no i i jim you, trust you, me. you don't, you don't yeah. yeah yeah and i'm not yeah i obviously but like I, I think that is why they've kind of put this edict out there because you don't want to end up having to address the real issue why roman reigns isn't there because um you 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 don't and i'm gonna i'm gonna steal a line from the president steve show wmr no sad bro like you, you know, what I mean, they're trying to provide that distraction. It's hard to do that when you have to be like, well, you know, Ro- you know, Roman, you know, has health history, and and you know, he doesn't want we don't want him to get sick, and so I th- I, I think that's I, I I can understand why people don't like that he's that they're they're it was an APB put out no don't do not mention Roman Reigns, um but but I I get it at the same time I I, I, I do get it. Well, to shift
1: gears a little bit, we talked about the business practices, right? Mm -hmm. Now you look at other companies, look at what Impact is doing. One day, tape four episodes, bring whoever needs to bring in, send them home. Sammy Callahan is who pretty much is like the face of Impact Wrestling. It's not Tessa Blanchard. It's all you Tessa Blanchard marks. you. (laughs) It's Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan says... The working conditions at Impact Wrestling are so safe. I have no problem showing up, showing up for work. I know what the what the people are doing. We're all safe. We're all fine. We go home and we're a family. You look at Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor, obviously they're not running anything. They're being more cautious. They're being absolutely more cautious. Joe Clough pretty much came out and said, you know what? For all the canceled shows. If I didn't have contracted talent being on those shows, they're still getting paid. And he's still paying his wrestlers and his staff. And Joe Cough happens to own Sinclair Broadcast Network, Sinclair Broadcasting, one of the biggest cable networks, you know, in the United States. So you know he has the money to he has the money to do so. The Japanese promotions, and I'm not just talking NJPW, I'm talking All Japan, NOAA, Stardom. Uh, DDT, they actually congregated with the prime minister. They sent their top guys, and I'm talking Tanahashi, I'm talking Kino, I'm talking uh, whoever the, was the champion in uh, AJPW, not Su- Suwara, the other, the, the young kid, um, Miyama or something like that. They were all there. They wanted. They all came together because they wanted to get cards back up and running. They know they're probably not going to have fill the seats at Budokan Hall or the Tokyo Dome or whatever, but they said they can do the cards as long as people keep the social distancing. You're not going to have full stands. You're probably going to run between a thousand and two thousand 2000 people there, but at least they are, if they're six feet apart, they want to run the cards because they, what do you call it? New Japan They've already lost a new Japan cup. They already lost their yep. tag team thing. They, they lost um, one of their top car. They're about to lose dominion for all we know. Right. Rest- no, not dominion. Uh, the Donkatsu. you know, they're, they're, they're losing big cards, huge, yeah. huge cards. So, you know, other company court Bauer from LL- MLW says, I'm not running anything. He goes, not until like we get like a clean bill of health from the govern from the governor that I can go somewhere and actually run, you know, run matches. Sure. The only thing we got right now is Impact doing it their way, AEW doing it their way, WWE doing it their way. In the end, after this, Jim, I have to sign off. I'm sorry. No, no problem at all. In the end. We're going to sit back. We're going to pop a beer. And we're going to look back at 2020. And we're going to see it was a strange time for professional wrestling everywhere. The one thing that worried me the most is independent organizations that don't have the backing of, say, WWE. You know, here and abroad. Can they survive this? WrestleCon, you know the big thing that happens with WrestleMania weekend. The guy lost money hand over fist. Yeah. You know, WXW Progress.
0: I mean, three count. We were supposed to be um, the the Icons Fan Fest that is two three times a year at twenty three hundred Arena. Uh, we were supposed to be there two weekends ago. Yeah. Uh, You know,
1: what do you call? And what do you call? And I'm going to give a shameless plug to Jim right now before I go guys. After I, after I, uh, after I, I get done. I'm worried more about the indie scene than I am about anything else. i got a funny feeling. There's going to be a lot of indie promotions that may unfortunately have to fold up shop because of what's happened. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like AAW AIW uh, you know, PWG, you no, know. We're talking, like,
0: we're talking like, you know, Atomic, obviously. I'm talking you
1: know, like Atomic.
0: I'm yeah. talking like um, you know, PWX, yeah, stuff these, like that. Yeah, your, your, local, your local indies, the ones that, you know, normally draw anywhere between 50 to 100, 200 people um, because, they're, they're, they, you know, those, those companies, and we work with a lot of them, um, you know, and if you know a lot of promoters, a lot of times they're not making money they're they're doing it out of the love of the business and these guys that put their bodies on the line on the weekend they're doing it because they love to do it and we love independent wrestling you know we we go to as much as we can we work with companies and yeah the and we t- we did we touched on it i think um on last week's three count show um unfortunately there's going to be companies that aren't going to survive this yeah and that sucks it sucks
1: oh it's because good because for every
0: indie company that that doesn't make it That's a show that an independent worker doesn't get to work anymore. Exactly. Exactly.
1: And there's some really good wrestlers on the independent scene that are sidelined right now that, you know, they may never get a chance to get that big break. They won't. And it sucks because those are the guys that can put together some amazing matches. They will get noticed they will get signed to like one of the bigger indies, hey man, like, and work your and work their way
0: up. Austin Theory, a guy that is being featured weekly on on Raw right now. Um, myself and, and two of my my three count uh, co-hosts, Matt and Ryan, we saw one of his first matches ever um, at a uh, at a hybrid wrestling show in New Jersey. Um, I think it was in in New Jersey or no, it was just down near Philly. It was just, it was just on this side of the river, but like a couple of years ago, 19 years old. And even then you're like, dude, this guy is unreal. Like you could, you could see it even then. I mean, we, we knew Patrick Clark before he was in tough enough. I mean, like, you know, long before the Velveteen dream, like there's so many people that we've seen just in the five, six years we've been a show um yeah. so that's why we always tell people get out to these shows man because you're you're going to see people and then a year from now two years from now you're going to go I remember seeing one of their first matches.
1: I mean here in Jersey, you know where I live. I what do you call I actually went to a Jersey All Pro wrestling show. And that's where I first laid my eyes on Joey Janela. Okay. And I said to myself this kid's got it. I mean he took up beaten. I mean, through his body, every I mean, he laid everything on the line for his body. And I was like, this kid's going to go somewhere. Look where he is now. I yeah. mean, Game Changer Wrestling. There used to be a Game Changer uh, shop by my house where they would actually have wrestling cards. Okay. They, they would. Like, what do you call it? They would have wrestling cards. You know, I actually met Nick Gage. Crazy son of a bitch. But what do you call it? if you talk to him like a normal human being? Besides every other word being an f bomb, you know, <laughs> the guy, you know, the guy's pretty knowledgeable about the business, and he, really? you know, he admits to what he did in the past. He has no problems talking about it. He really? doesn't. And you know, there are you know other wrestling promotions here in New Jersey that you know are sidelined right now. That you hope that everything like that. I just hope in the end, when when whatever is lifted and you're allowed to have, say, up to fifty, up to a hundred, maybe up to two hundred or something like that, they can run these little shows here and there, just to get their feet wet again and build, you know, and pretty much rebuild. I don't want to say rebuild the indie scene, but in a way, recharge the indie scene. So. Hopefully down the road when it does happen and there is a sense of normalcy in this world, we can get back to enjoying ourselves rather than just, you know, doing this all day. Now, before I go, this guy on the screen with me, sometimes I can't stand him, <laughs> but whole whole, the guy knows his stuff. He really does. And for the last six years, when I first met him, when I first got to know him, when he was just doing his gym, big gym sports, sports, and he told me about his three-count wrestling one, I was like, yeah, I can run it. I got no problems with that. You know, it was a forum for him. You know, I don't know where he was doing three-count wrestling before, you know, the Blah Talk radio days, but I gave him the opportunity. And then he went on to uh, NGSC Sports you know, Ralph Garcia's network after I, you know, after I departed the scene. And every Thursday I pop in, you know, I send my comments, but these guys, they know what they're talking about. The interviews that they have with people on the indie scene, you really need to listen to these interviews. You can go back into their archives. You can listen to their interviews with people like Maria Manick, with people like Deanna Perrazzo, you know. People that have actually made it, you know, that are now, like, in Ring of Honor. Uh, Pierre Perrazzo, she'll end up either in AEW, NWA, Impact. She's going to end up somewhere ROH. She'll get picked up like that, you know. But you listen to the interviews, and it's not like, you know, they're, like, fanboys or anything like that. They know their stuff. And I support them. 100%. I support Jim 150% because I know Jim more than I know Ryan and Mark and all them. Jim runs a really tight ship with 3 count Thursday. Jim always puts out his best product even in the situation that we're in now. When Jim almost decided to go on hiatus because of what we're living in right now, you know, kind of, you know, kind of stung a little bit. I actually hit him up on the side. I was like, "Look, if you need an extra co-host, Give me a buzz. I don't care. I'll give you half hour of my time. I'll give you an hour of my time on Thursday nights after my kids go to bed. Of course, you know. But I'm here to support you, Jim. I'm here to support three count Thursday. I'm actually glad that hell froze over and we were allowed to do this for (laughs) one night. You know, people were probably like, "That's it. There were no fireworks."
0: Yeah, we didn't well, even say any bad words, I don't think. I think we uh, well, fix- I said I, you know, I did the Italian version
1: of F U <laughs> but that's about as all as, as I'm gonna go. But in the end, you're looking at two guys on your video screen right now that love wrestling across the board. It sucks to see what's happening right now. There's stuff that I don't agree with Jim about. Hand over fist. But in the end, we both come up to the same conclusion in some weird psychological sort of way. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, Thursday nights, nine o'clock on Facebook Live, please make a point to go and to go to Three Count Thursday's Facebook page and just watch the video. You will watch their videos, you will not be disappointed they have videos going back for at least a couple of years trust me trust me when i say this these guys know what they're talking about these guys are some of the best talkers you know in wrestling right now and i you know and i'm a youtube guy too i go to see russell talk i go to see cultaholic i go to see what culture wrestlemania wrestle with regret you know all these different wrestling podcasts that you know do videos on on YouTube,
0: Jim. It's really a medium you should look into, by the way. And um, yeah, we have a YouTube. I, I I need I need to find a way to utilize it better. I, I we we have a YouTube page. Our videos get up there, and and I see they there's, actually there's, have
1: YouTube live. They do. They actually do have. Yeah, I
0: should YouTube definitely. Live. Put, but like, so, I see, there's a, there's a lot of people in here that that are names I don't recognize, which means they, they've they've come in. Because you've shared this broadcast. Um, so, well, you know, I
1: shared it with We Love Pro Wrestling. I shared it with FTW Pro Wrestling. I shared it with Pro Wrestling Talk to all those wrestling pages that I belong to. Please support Three Count Wrestling.
0: Yeah. And I, Nick, Join i wanna... them
1: on Patreon. Yeah. I, they actually have merch.
0: We have merch. ThreeCountThursday.com. You can find literally every, th- every link, every merch tab, everything. Relating to us, Nick, Nick um, and and I know we, we are kind of wrapping up, um, you know, I want to thank you because you are somebody that, that, that took a chance on a guy who, who just one day decided. I, I talk sports to the point my wife rolls her eyes in the back of her head, so I, I wanted a medium to do it, and I started doing it, and you heard me, and uh, the rest is history, and, um, you know, and I'm excited that you're getting back in the game. Like, like, it, it's really cool. Like, I think when you first said you were retiring, I said, yeah, okay. And Every, everybody retires and just like wrestling and most football players, everybody comes back. So, um, whether it's, it's two months, whether it's two years, whatever it's going to be, um, you know, I, I look forward to your, your weekly content as well. Um, well, but,
1: it's not you know, going to
0: be, we- it's not going to be weekly. What's going to happen
1: is. What's going to happen is you're going to see me do like a couple of like five minute Facebook live things, you know, I'll pop on. I'll make some announcements about what show I'm going to be on so I can give some pub to, you know, I give pub to whoever I can give to. I'll do my, what do you call it? Yesterday I did three plus hours on Streamyard for the NFL draft. No, excuse me. Thursday night for round one. It was me, Andrew Glukov, Tony Siracusa, Matthew Wilder and Ralph Garcia you know, we did it on StreamYard. It was a blast, although I was freaking exhausted on Friday because my brain was freaking fried. But, you know, I did the uh, I did a mad science. You know, I'll do like a five minute mad scientist speaks or something like that on StreamYard or through Facebook Live. I'm not going back to the podcasting days. I'm not going back to blog talk or talk to you or anything like that. I actually kind of find it more thrilling to do videos like this because I want people to see the guy behind the voice to show that, hey, I'm human just like you. I have my opinions just like you. I'm not always right, just like you. You know, stuff like, you know, stuff like that. But from the bottom of my heart, Jim, and I sincerely mean this when I say it, it was a pleasure doing this with you tonight. Again, ladies and gentlemen, Three Count Thursday. Thursday nights, 9 p.m., threecountthursday.com, buy their merch, become a Patreon, listen to their show, watch their show. Trust me when I say this, this, what do you call a wrestling show, is as real as it gets. Jim is one of the best out there, hopefully down the road. Hopefully down the road. Someone figures that out in their brains and their eyes and everything like that. Oh, there is one one more thing. How did I also get to know Jim? There's a video out there. I can't seem to find it anymore. But Big Jim actually stormed the ring at an indie show in Pennsylvania. And I saw him when he was, he, he was walking the aisle. He's like walking like this. I'm like. Holy crap! Jim's getting in the ring. Wait a minute, that's Jim. And what do you call? It? Apparently, I think he was secure, acting as security for the show or whatever it was. But he was as big as some of the guys in the ring. I was like, holy shit, he's going to toss someone around. They, they don't. Call, they don't call me Big Jim for nothing. I mean, it's, I was like, I was like, and then after that, you know, you guys were like GMs at like you know special guest GMs at some indie shows and stuff like that. There's this one general manager of a show where you guys have been going back and forth, which is. Gold, by the way, which is like awesome. But wow, I keep I keep like rambling on over here and I do apologize for that. But this is how much I think about you know Jim and Three Count. Last time, threecountthursday.com Thursday.com, Three count Thursdays on Facebook, on their Facebook page, Thursdays at 9 p.m. threecountthursday.com. Buy their merch, become a Patreon. Trust me when I say this. You will not be disappointed. Thank you. Thank
0: you, Nick. I don't even need to do anything else to wrap this up, but to thank you uh, for everything you've done. Hell froze over tonight. Uh, I can't guarantee it won't freeze over again because if there's one thing we all have right now, it's time. Uh, So, uh, Nick, thank you uh, for joining us. And uh, for everybody who's tuning in, we appreciate you as well. Uh, Until next time, stay safe.
1: Take it easy, everybody.